Hello, hello, and welcome back to Archives for Aliens, the podcast recorded for future life on Earth, planet Earth, consciousness, creativity, the nature of reality, cool people making things, and life outside the box. I'm pretty excited over here because we have reached a monumental turning point in the show. This episode features our very first return guest, and we are going to be speaking yet again with your ultimate self. And this week, he's going to be sharing about a real-life journey that he has just set off on exactly one week ago, as I'm sending this out today. And he is going to be traveling all around the country on a motorcycle with a bunch of recording equipment, a whole lot of questions, a lot of really solid grounding energies that he's going to be taking with him, and not a whole lot of plans. If you're interested in following along on the quest, you can follow him on Instagram and Facebook where he will be posting morning minutes. Put the links in the show notes and let's get it started here. La 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 Welcome Welcome back to yeah. Archives for Aliens. Yeah, archive some more alien. Yeah. What what's been going on? Oh man, I'm preparing for the ultimate alien adventure to ride my motorcycle around the United States on an American motorcycle. Man, just uh doing the typical artist kind of american thing to go search out adventure um like a lot of people's my life completely fell apart and after rebuilding it catching up paying off my debt and stuff like that i kind of wondered what i was going to do and i didn't really want to stay in the st louis area um so i kind of you know i had to pick a city to go live in and I was leaning towards Kansas City, and then, you know, I needed to pick a place and, like, invest in it and, you know, build businesses and get back on my feet, so to speak, find a job and all that stuff. And as things went, um, I threw that all out the window. Um, going into that latest uh, crisis of 2020, I don't even want to say its name, um, I completely surrendered everything. I literally like on every level of my life just said the heck with it i'm not going to try to push my art career anymore i'm not gonna do really anything and i i looked up to the alien creator and i went if you want me to do anything you're gonna have to literally put it in my face and you know that's nice thought and all but in the pragmatic reality of modern life that's kind of nutty you know we can be zen but it's really hard to be zen 
and blow off your future because you kind of need to prepare for your future, I guess. But no, I knew I'd be all right. So I decided after paying off my debt and stuff that um, I just wanted to hop on a motorcycle and search for America. Um, you know, I, I was at that point and I still am. I'm very concerned on... Uh, how nonprofits, small businesses, local stuff is going to continue to pay. Um, myself having to, you know, shop at big box stores, which I hadn't for decades, um, just to save money because I was worried about my survival. But then once that kind of went away a little bit and things started coming back, so to speak, or at least I was able to handle my businesses and stuff, <clears throat> or not really handle my businesses, but pivot and do other things, did some concrete work and fix some foundations and painted some, you know, houses and stuff like that. And, you know, did some, you know, folk art, uh, architecture, so to speak, um, building interesting sheds and things with my father. Um, you know, I was just really, really worried and I was getting so upset and I realized that I better do something. And that, you know, as frustrated as I was with society and, and the fear of society, you know, having to go corporate, um, I'm like, well, if you want everybody else to, 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 to go to nonprofits, to go to local businesses, maybe pay a little bit more and just get a little bit more involved in their community, I'm like, well, you have to embody that. So I decided I wanted to, you know, show the small towns of America and, and the degradation of that, I mean, those businesses are gone, you know, and in and, and these small towns, especially, you can see once the big box store in town opened, all the locals shuttered and then the young people moved to the cities. And there's a lot of issues that go with these things. Um, and I was also concerned about people starting to really hate America as people look at its history a little closer. Um, and, and, and I'm 50, so my generation was kind of the last generation to kind of buy that colonial BS um, on how great America is and how it's full of opportunity and all that kind of stuff. Um, well, it turns out, you know, this history is pretty treacherous. Um, but at the same time, I didn't want to lose sight of that. I wanted to show what I believe are the great things of America, regardless of that history. You know, people helping each other out, businesses doing what they need to do to stay open, people, you know, who do honor nonprofits, small businesses, and those things that could be lost um, if we're not supportive. Um, but, you know, as a filmmaker and artist and whatnot, let my sculpture career go and all that kind of stuff go. Um, and just pivoted to being a filmmaker and vlogging and shooting video and doing those kinds of things because that's something I can do to make it better, maybe. You know, I don't want to be another white dude that's going around exploiting people for his own benefit, but um, I, I, I understand that, but that's not my vibe. I want to create a connection. Um, I think, you know, everyone talks about how divisive things have become. Okay, what's the, what's the antithesis of that? It's connection. Okay, what makes us as human beings great? Screw America for a second. Um, but what makes us human beings great? Well, when the chips are down, we bond up and we help each other. 
Um, I'm seeing less of that, and I'm really worried about that. Um, I'm really worried about the youth and their short attention mm-hmm. spans and the bleakness they're looking at. And just, I know mental health issues are very complex and they're not easy to solve on an individual basis, let alone a society level situation. But as things go, I'm really worried about those concepts and how do we heal that with each other instead of waiting for this entity or this government or this thing to solve all our problems. Uh, that's a dangerous game. I think those things can be very helpful. I had to remind somebody the other day, the reason why there's Medicaid, Medicare, and why we, you know, you know, are the state and, and federal and local governments have to fund things like mental health stuff, disabilities, things for elders, things for children's because the private sector doesn't fund those things and they leave them high and dry. Um, I don't know how that comment went over because this was an uber business person and he was very much into the concept of of lower wages and these things that are mm. that are really good for business. Um, and I understand that I've ran businesses. I've been a part of them. I understand, you know, that it takes a balance between what people call socialism and what people call capitalism and the, the myriad of stuff around those things. Uh, you know, one, I don't think one's better than the other. You know, socialist society's terrible, just like an uber capitalist society is terrible. It takes a balance of, of a lot of these concepts and Hardly anyone's talking about justice or accountability, uh, these kinds of things. It's, it's just a bunch of chatter. So I decided I had to do something about it, and I can't do it from the woods of Owensville, Missouri. So um, I just threw it up to spirit, or alien spirit, or whatever we want to call it, quantum physics. And going back to the point where I said, I'm not going to do anything. These things better fall in my lap. Um, while this was happening, I decided that I wasn't going to wait for an editor anymore, that I was going to edit everything myself. I wasn't going to avoid tech and the computer and all that stuff that I really struggle with, that I was going to do it all myself. Two days later, uh, a buddy hit me up who owed me a favor and he's like, I got a MacBook pro for you. And I'm like, what? I mean, how does that happen? But it did. Um, and then a week later, uh, my buddy saw that my phone was, my old phone was all busted up. So he went out and bought me a, a phone and all these things started falling on my lap to the point where in going with this journey, um, I was talking to another buddy and I have the best friends, by the way, um, talking to my buddy about what I was going to do. And I was going to break my rule and go buy a cheap motorcycle. And, and, he, and he's like, man, you can't ride around the country in a cheap motorcycle and I'm because I wanted it really wanted it to be an American motorcycle um, and we get off the phone and he calls me back two minutes later and throws me just the lowest price possible on this motorcycle that he had bought because he wanted to ride around the country and retire and see the states the classic dude thing or, or whatever and you know his back's been hurting him and he's getting older and he's starting to realize that that wasn't really possible so he basically handed me a harley davidson american motorcycle that is actually a touring model a rare touring model um, that fits my sporting needs as well um, because i don't like like huge giant motorcycles just going down the straight highway i kind of enjoy the back roads and to see real literally the america 
um, that's been left behind. So everything continues to this day to fall into place. Um, every once in a while I get stressed out and I try to do something like I haven't built my website yet. And I stressed on that back and forth. I'm going to make it when it, <laughs> when the time is right. I'm tired of stressing myself over the future, I'm tired of running my art, trying to run my art career. I'm trying to, uh, I'm just tired of trying. And so I just completely let go. And at this point, I mean, my trip's been delayed two, three months now, but it's allowed me to make money that if I hadn't made, I'd probably be home <laughs> and ran out of money by now. And, you know, a gallery in, in New Jersey, Frenchtown, New Jersey, the art parlor is going to put me up for an indefinite amount of time and let me do performance art in the gallery. And I've got another buddy that lives in upstate New York. Um, I'm going to stay with him and help him move. I got another friend up in Boston, the, uh, Boston typewriter orchestras up there. So I'm going to go try to jam typewriter with them um, and haul around my typewriter and basically the typewriters film. going on the motorcycle with you. Yeah. The typewriters. Yeah. I, 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 I thought I was going to just let that whole thing go, but it's kind of silly to do that now as I'm rolling around the country. Cause what I noticed with the typewriter thing is when people first hear about it, when they hear about typewriter Tim, it's like, wow, this dude plays a typewriter. I got to go see it. And then once you're in the kind of city for a little while, people have heard about it and kind of like, oh, whatever. And unfortunately, they lose interest, which is pretty typical to most anything, unless you're bumping incredible music, which we do. It's just different. So it's not for the masses. So it's a bit of a different thing. But as I'm rolling around, um, I'm going to New York and there's some there's some music heroes that I grew up with. Well, because of everything the way it is, they're accessible now. Like I'm emailing these people that were my musical heroes, um, like members of the P-Funk All-Stars, 24-7 uh, Spies, Fishbone, all these bands that were my jams. People are answering emails right now. And if I throw them, you know, a few hundred bucks or a thousand bucks for a gig, man, they'll, they'll go for it. In fact, they'll just jam with me for free. So um, I'm bringing back to life... Um, you know, the typewriter thing, um, just because it's a lightweight interest instrument, when people haven't heard of it, they're down with it. So I can move around and also interview these people. I'm really curious to see how they pivot when gigs dry up. What do you do if you've if you've dedicated your entire life to being an artist and all of a sudden you can't gig? You, you know, sales drop like crazy. People's budgets get tight, so they're less apt to buy your giant sculpture or whatever. Like, what do people do? Like, some people don't do anything. They just eat less and wait for that check. And then other people I know that have done things completely different in their career. It runs the gamut. And philosophically, I'm curious to see how they pivot as well. Because, you know, some people, man, they've just lost it. And I'm not judging them for it. I lost it a few times. But you got to get it back, you know, and fight for it. But... You know, what are we going to do? You know, who kind of gets it, so to speak, and who doesn't? And that's not looking up or down at anybody. Do what you want. But, like, who can philosophically get the most out of this situation? When things go away, what do you do? You know, and if you just sit around and pray, okay, that's cool and all, but, uh, you know, that's a tricky gig. Um you know, and then there's other people that don't make art anymore, and that makes me sad. Um, 
you know, as a fan or just as, you know, how that's going back to the America thing. You know, this country is really great. It's really whacked out, but it's really great. And, you know, we do have opportunities here and in, in, in seeing what people fight to do, the fight to make a song, the fight to make a painting, you know, whatever it is that you do to teach, you know, teaching's hard right now. I'm a teacher and, and it's coming back. But man, it, what do we do? So what I can do is go solo, keep to myself and go around the country and highlight what I think is important. Um, and for a minute there, I figured that was the safest thing for me to do. And if people were cooped up, they can come on this journey with me. And, but now as things open up, it's still relevant. Um, there's a lot of people that are, that do that. Um, but they don't all make films. They don't all play a typewriter. They don't do all the, you know, run their mouth as well as I do all these things. You know, I just figured, well, I'm 50, so I better do it now. I can fix foundations whenever. I mean, I guess I can't do it until I get too old, but whatever. I got gigs lined up just in case this doesn't work out, but I'm not really worried about that. I'm going to hit the road and let go of everything, the safety net, family, friends, you know, the time with them, all that stuff, um, and just go out on the road. I mean, anything can happen to me, you know, tire blows in the wrong spot. I'm toast. You know, and to to explore the concept of going without um, and and manipulating that into my art, where at some point I'm going to go 10 plus days without light. I'm going to without light. Yeah, no light. I'm going to seal myself in um, a bathroom and live stream. I can turn the little blinking red light off my GoPro and I can literally live stream day four five six seven eight nine ten two weeks whatever i can handle in the complete darkness and explore what that does to my brain because there's some people that say you get that dmt effect by um i saw this interview with montak chia a brilliant person uh, been around a long time he taught me the power of reaching up just reaching up and kind of compressing in, massaging your organs and working with your back and, and, and those kinds of things I thought was brilliant. So I started deep diving some of his information. And he said, if you want that DMT effect, go a week without light. And so I was like, okay, sounds cool to me. You know, I, you know, I, I, you know if I go out and do this at my father's place, you know, I can make money out there, but it's a place where I can afford to not work for 10 days. And, you know, I won't be using many resources, but it's a possibility to do that. Um, in this gallery in New Jersey, I want to uh, not eat for four days at least. And I hate this cliche, but I'm literally going to be a starving artist. And having done a vision quest before where I went four days without food or water, I wouldn't go without water again. Um, I didn't realize you did that without water. Yes. Yes. Um, food's easy. Food's actually pretty easy to go without. Um, but thirst kind of doesn't go away. Um, I don't, number one, I don't recommend that for anybody. Don't do that. It was under very experienced supervision, both on the physical, <laughs> but also the spiritual where, you know, my chief was a very trusted individual, very powerful medicine man. Um, but, um, 
you know, pushing myself to that. It wasn't really an extreme to me. Um, it was an extreme activity to most anybody who's never done it. But having done it, going without is probably the most powerful thing we can do as human beings, spiritually, um, if nothing, just to find the mental strength to choose to do that, number one. If, if we're forced to do it, that's a different thing. But if we choose to go without light, to go without food, um, you know, uh, people do the 40 day fast in honor of Jesus and those kinds of things. And, you know, going without red meat, ah, give me a break, you know, going without booze or something. Ah, give me a break. If you, if you really want to sacrifice, you know, or really want to reach a spiritual level, whatever that means to you, you got to make sacrifices. And my chief, you know, really, he said this one time and it really struck me, um, that, um, don't suffer sacrifice and when he said that it just blew me away i'd never thought of it that way and you know the word sacrifice means to make sacred that could be anything it could be how you walk how you breathe how you do every single thing okay well what does that mean we just pay attention to it you know and that's what this motorcycle journey is for me all about is sacrificing everything sacrificing safety comfort convenience yeah riding a motorcycle is fun but man when you're out there on your own you know you're not making money uh those kind of things man that stuff can be daunting and scary and and there's a certain romanticism to it um maybe it's a midlife crisis you can call it whatever you want i i've barely planned this thing it became apparent to me that it had to happen and continued to. I spent the month of December in 2020, like, fighting the idea. I'm not going to do this. This is stupid. doesn't make any sense. I had just caught up and paid everything off. Why would I go and take, take a risk again? Um, but I just, once again, threw up my spiritual arms and said, I'm not going to do anything. And, man, stuff to this day still falls on my lap. You know, and, and being delayed and not being in a hurry and, and being in a moment. My mom just asked me, she goes, are you getting excited? Because I'm leaving in a, in a few days, a couple of days. And I'm like, no, I'm staying in my moment and I'm seeking balance at all times. I could get really excited about what it might be like. And that's fun, I guess, kind of a waste of time. Or I could scare myself to death on how just kind of scary that is one little thing probably not within the realm of my control could end my life change my life do any number of things so um, but at the same time having the experiences that I've had I have trust and faith in whatever I, I, I you know I, I don't know I think it's kind of rude to give God a name I think it's kind of rude and jacked up to to give it a gender um, Going back to my chief stuff, I like Native American stuff, or at least the cats that I was learning from. They called spirit the great mystery. And that off the bat went, I respect that. You know, and people do what you want. Call spirit whatever you want. I don't care. <laughs> people shouldn't care. It's all how you walk and how you live. That's really what it boils down to. But details matter to me and I pay attention, you know, to each their own. But for me, you know, I strive for balance and respect 
honor ethics and these kinds of things. And I'm a human being. Those have waned in my past. And now I can live a life where, you know, I can throw it out there and go without, make everything sacred. And if, you know, spirit brings me back here to St. Louis and, you know, I spend more time with my parents and my friends and, and this vibe here. Okay, no problem. But I gave, I, I, I don't want to say I gave up. I gave up control. I thought I was doing well. I'm a recovering control freak. But I just have let everything go. And the path continues to open up in front of me to, to go hang it out. Like literally hang it mm -hmm. off the motorcycle. Um, so yeah, I'm going on the, the quintessential great American adventure. I think it's really interesting how people do this kind of thing all the time, like backpacking in Europe, Yep. that style of travel, but you rarely hear about anyone doing that in America. Well, if you go to most any countries, people are nice to you. They'll take you in. They'll see your situation. They'll say something. In America, we don't really do that. It happens. Don't get me wrong. But we're... we're Going back to the scandalous history of America, I mm. think we're we don't trust anybody because there's so that much treachery. That does seem to be true. You know, and I lived in Los Angeles for five years, and really the only people that invited me to dinner was non-white people. So mm. I was invited to barbecues in South Central and all over the Valley and all that kind of thing. You know, sure, some of my clients' parents invited me over and this and that. But the only people that were like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, just come over here for just the barbecue. Like being friendly. Yeah, just that whole cultural thing where if you were backpacking across America, you would hope you would come across people like that. But America, you can't trust that you're going to come across people like that. So are you hoping to maybe find that this theory might be wrong? Like maybe. No. I, I actually, part of this is going without. Now, I'm not going to turn down help when I need help but I don't want to like hit up my friends and see who has places I could stay it's not that I don't want to be a burden to anybody I really just need a spot in their backyard to camp but I want to utilize this time to really be by myself I'm a pretty gregarious person my whole vibe is based on the wealth of my health and my family and friends and I want to let go of that and not necessarily push and test how I can survive on my own. But, yeah, kind of do that. I've got certain places I, I can stay that I feel good about and roll from. And some of those are old friends and some of them are complete strangers and friends of friends. But mm -hmm. I don't want to piggyback, you know, couch surfing and that kind of thing. I kind of just want to hang it out there. I have a In loose a plan. Tent? You camping? Uh, it, it, that's tricky too because um, that's risky. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, and the I weather. I mean, weather. It's a lot of camping. I can't be too far from my motorcycle. You know what I mean? I got cameras with me. You know, so um, uh, I gotta be careful where I park my bike and and where I stay. How noisy it is? Because if I try to stay at a campground and there's generators all around me, I don't want any of that. Um, I joined an organization that, that you can trade labor at farms. So once I hit the road and kind of have a better idea on where I'm going to be, 
I'm going to try to find, you know, local farms that all that could appreciate someone like me who's strong and can work hard. And a lot of it's, you know, you work 30, 20, 30 hours a week. They'll put you up and feed you a couple of times. And then I can kind of hub from there in the area and look for cool places to shoot video. And I'm shooting a bunch of backgrounds for my future classes um, that I'm going to shoot me in front of a green screen um, and just do some really kooky camera tricks. Um, and like right now is a wonderful time in technology to make editing easy, to utilize, you know, free and cheap apps to do these amazing things with media at a time where all of a sudden Hollywood's gone, you know, the TV shows gone, movies gone. Uh, will they come back? Not really. Uh, you know, young people are watching video games. They're doing really short shot entertainment and these kinds of things. So I'm watching, you know, what the dinosaurs are doing, what the kids are doing. And I got to reach as many of those as possible. So I've created different characters for different things to try to reach those people and stay relevant and utilize this time where, you know, not too long ago, I would have had to shoot a pilot and push it to a network. And yeah, I could have done that. I could have done that well. I was planning to do it anyway, waiting for an editor, etc. But now it's like, well, you don't need that. You can actually start making some serious loot off YouTube if you do it right. And I know what I'm doing. Um, I'd love to have a team and a follow vehicle as soon as possible, but I'm not. I'm, I can't wait anymore. I was waiting for all this stuff my whole life, and then this situation in 2020 just leveled everything. So I'm like, all right, and then I just go, I'm not going to do any of it anymore. And then through that process, all of a sudden things start opening up, and I got out of my own way. I quit going, you know, I don't need an editor. I can cut. I can edit. I can make great stuff. But it's the technology that really freaked me out and would give me anxiety and, and I'd want to run away and then I'd go do other things to make money. Um, but I can't do that anymore. You know, this was a kick in the pants and you can get kicked in the pants and, you know, lay on the ground for however long and think about how much it hurts or, you know, find the gumption, assess the situation and get back up and do what you need to do. Um, to me, that's America. Um, we all have our opinions about America and mine changes all the time. But, you know, I'm fortunate enough to grow up with fortune. And so I'm going to take my advantages and hit the road and see what I can connect. Is there a certain kind of a question that you're looking to answer? Uh, yes and no. Like the, 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 the working title, and it'll probably stick, is called Quest 4. Um, not the number four, but Quest 4. You know, Quest for America, Quest for myself, Quest for connection, Quest for nature, whatever it might be. Now, most people don't like open-ended concepts like that, but I'm going on a quest. I didn't want to call it a journey. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of that going on. I, I, I kept going towards the quest. Um... And then, you know, just developing that, the quest for, and I got to a place as an artist where I'm, I was able to let everything go because I'm not feeding my insecurity anymore. I'm not looking for anything anymore in my artwork. I found a good confidence in it. I know what it means. I don't want to explain it anymore. I'm tired of hustling it for not much return in what I was putting into it and just working my butt off to try to sell art and be an artist in the middle of the country where that's a real small market and it's really hard to do. 
you know, and, you know, I might end up in New York on this quest. I might, it might be the quest to find where my home is. I mean, I haven't had a proper home in two years. I haven't had a really good job in a year and a half. I did gigs and I'm not, I'm used to that lifestyle, but like part of this this quest was I ain't got no home. I ain't got no job. I ain't got nothing holding me back. I've got no dependents. I've got no excuses. You know, let's go. And if it doesn't work, I'll just drop my bike and hitchhike home and start over. I'm, I'm. Oh. Yeah, you know. So what you I don't mean? know how long you're gonna be gone for. That's crazy. I'm. Just, I, I really. I saw this thing where the world record of motorcycle riding was like ten years, and <laughs> people have spent more time on the road. As I found out, that's just the world record. There's a lot of people out there that could care less about the world record, that have been riding for decades. You know, just not having a home and you can do they your have stuff online. friends i mean I'm, I, I mean you kind of have to have at least somewhere to send your mail or at least one address to to have the powers that be need to or whoever need to mail you things and you need an address to do these things but you know i've been not off grid but i've been mostly off grid for almost two years now i haven't signed a lease in like almost two decades and why start now you know um this is an opportunity that i'm gonna seize and uh, i'm just gonna keep going until the money runs out basically when i run it down to 500 bucks i head home and then the goal is to just make a bunch more money and then head out and really weather is a big deal because you know depending on where i'm at in winter time you know and it's all budget dependent that if it comes yeah, well, winter and I don't have a ton of money, it's not like I can go head towards, you know, the equator and head south. Right. Especially if you're camping warm. sometimes. Right. Right. And you don't know. I mean, even water. Yep. Water's going to be yep. a thing. It's a it's a it's a concern. I, I have no I mean, I see what people do riding around the world. Uh, we'll see. If the mo- money's ever right and the adventure is there, sure. But going through borders and really hanging yourself out to that extent from the research I've done does not seem like fun to me. In America, I can, you know, get my bike towed if need be, get where I need to get, hitchhike, and do whatever I need to do to get home and not have to worry about it. Because pretty much all my stuff's going to be on my bike. And there is a point where if it doesn't fit in my backpack forget it you know what i mean yeah so take the cameras <laughs> you know some clean underwear some socks i'll just work with that so yeah complete Man, adventure i want to like put a location tracker on you <laughs> yeah i mean there's a lot to it and there's a lot to be concerned about and some people would say I'm naive. Some people would say, you know, I've lost my mind and I would not disagree with them. But like I said, if this don't work, I just drop the bike, hitchhike home, you know, turn the concrete mixer on and, you know, make a few phone calls and get get back to work, so to speak. But I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't born to do concrete. I wasn't born to mill wood. I can do those things and I enjoy those things. I really do. The structural integrity end of it, the, you know, bringing barns back and those kinds of things. I, I, I could totally do that for the rest of my life. That's not why I was born. If it comes to that, okay. 
but I don't want it to come to that until I'm done with my quest. And I'm, I get to a point where I don't want to search anymore. I don't want to create anymore and do all that in that way. Then I could, you know, get a schlep job and be a plumber and do whatever it takes. I love those jobs, actually, to a certain extent. I mean, they kind of crap. Because you still get to work with your hands, doing yeah, a lot of that stuff. Yeah, and, and what part of what I'm going to do is... I grew up not having to fix things, so I never learned how to fix a car. I never learned how to, you know, do handy stuff around the house and all that. I'm going to make that a part of my quest is to find people that I can apprentice with and they can show me things. You know, I just got the bare bones of some of the information. And yeah, as an adult, I've learned how to fix cars a little bit. I've learned how to, you know, drive a nail a little better and those kind of things. But really, I don't know how to do much of anything. And I was really sad through the crisis we're just now coming out of that. I didn't know how to fix things and I couldn't get the gigs that I saw happening because I didn't have the rudimentary carpentry skills. I didn't have the rudimentary anything. I grew up in the 90s where you just paid somebody and things weren't so expensive. Now every part of everything is ridiculously expensive. Wood's expensive. Metal's expensive. You know, jobs pay like crap. So it's not like you can jump on and, and hustle something and learn something unless you already have ways and means. It's tough. So I'm going to take whatever ways and means that I have and go on a journey. And hopefully somebody will, you know, you know, go, hey, man, you want to fix up this old house? Okay. And then I'll video, hey, how do you fix the pipes? And try to make it interesting because that's the more interesting stuff that I gravitate towards do on the Internet or YouTube or something like that is learning how to fix stuff. You know, I've learned the ins and, out, uh, ins and outs of my motorcycle. You know, I'm not going to get that through the owner's manual. It's there. But I'm a right-brainer, so I learned through video and experience. And am I going to go to school for that now? No, I might, but whatever. I'm going to, you know, have someone who knows what they're doing share that part in the journey because maybe that information will help somebody. Someone goes, oh, you know, like I was explaining to somebody, you know, just on something simple like a paint job or making sure your bathroom things aren't leaking. And... You know, most people are scared. They don't want to ruin their bathroom by, by, you know, trying something out. It's like, man, just look it up on YouTube and take your time and slow down. Because um, finding a carpenter right now is going to be ridiculous. And then you're going to pay out the nose. Um, so learning these things and sharing that experience um, it could be a win-win situation. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there. And hopefully I'm going to, well, not hopefully, I'm going to make mine so interesting that people who aren't interested on how to fix a chainsaw might be interested because I would find the character to make it interesting on how to fix your chainsaw. You might never ever do that in your life, but some of that stuff I find interesting. I'll never do it, but the physics involved or the characters involved, you know, can make it kind of fun, you know? So I'm going for it. And are you going to be uploading like bits of these videos as you go yes yes i mean at, yeah and and i'm going to be sharing with the audience those parts of it like in real ish time i mean i'm Somewhat. sure you have to edit it yeah. and you, you know you don't want to oversaturate you don't want to you know post you know a bunch of things each day because even if those things are all great people stop paying attention to you so i'm going to do a bunch of like teasers in the beginning Sharing, you know, maybe some of the raw footage and stuff like that. 
um, you know, part of the more personal parts of my journey. Um, but yeah, it, you know, that's a learning curve for me, but I think, I, I think I have a good bead on, you know, most of my reach right now is on Facebook and then I'm going to start pushing that to Instagram and then I'm pushing both of those towards YouTube because that's where the money is. And then it's going to be, um, you know, subscribe star, the, the Patreon like thing that I'm going to do to try to, you know, get people to pay for my classes, my yoga classes, Taiji classes, uh, personal training classes, wellness classes, meditation classes, all the things that I love to do. I'm going to be, like I said, you know, in teaching in front of a green screen or using just audio and showing the visuals that I've shot. Oh, I found this really great mountain. It's sunset. And I'm going to burn, you know, burn some 360 video on that and then have people be able to listen to me, teach them to meditate and they can move their phone around and oh, there's the mountain and go over here. Oh, there's a deer over there. Um, less in real time, depending on what it is. I want to do as much live streaming as I can, hmm. um, but that's another learning curve. And, you know, if, it depends on where I'm at. Because, yeah. Live you know, streaming is really Internet intensive. Yeah. You know, so as much <laughs> That's as, you know, a term. yeah, I mean, you know, live streaming classes and just little different things that I can do, but also handling the business. I mean, I've given away so much of my practice, so much of my teaching, so much of my art, just because that's what I do. I just want to make more. I just want to give everybody everything. But you can't survive giving everything away. You, you, but you don't want to be selfish either and like charge everybody for everything. That's not my vibe. So to find balance in that, but also utilizing the opportunity to f share in that balance. Like here, you know, because there's a ton of people making content right now and there's a lot of junk out there. Like a lot of it's just boring and goes on as I've been talking for how long. But, um, you know, keep it interesting and, and do multiple things to to try to teach people. Here's how you create content. Screw the system. I mean, we have to deal with some systems to <laughs> now more than ever to work with that. But I want to avoid certain companies that I don't really care for that run monopolies and stuff like that. I mean, it's kind of why I don't want to do Patreon just because they've they've cut some people out of there and and. I don't mind censorship to a certain extent, but it bothers me sometimes when, when tech has to step in or feel the need to step in to censor certain people. Um, now, when I don't like the person they're censoring, okay, I could dig that. But, but I'm a little scared right now on you know just how much power a few entities or people have. That's really creepy to me because those I'm not impressed by those people by and large. I'm sure they're nice people, but you get into groupthink and things get weird and certain websites just buy other websites because they don't want to compete with them. <sighs> and yeah, that gets a little really sketchy. Yeah. I mean, you know, everything seems okay now, but talk to someone who got censored. I'm yeah. They big, just like turn you off. Yeah. I think I, I that's and a super creepy concept. Yeah, they get it wrong. And that's and people don't people have a hard time slowing down. I did a, a little I do these morning minute broadcasty things and yesterday I talked about you know, small bites chew completely. And part of that's based on slowing down. We react so fast and that's when things really go awry. And yes, there are serious problems that people should react strongly to, but no matter what, we should 
stop, breathe, hydrate, do self-care, assess the situation, accept the situation, assess it again, and then move towards solution where everybody that I see now, sorry, I shouldn't say everybody, that's hyperbole, but so many people get stuck in the reaction. They just get stuck in, that's terrible. And it is. Then what? And then if someone goes, now what? A lot of people get even more upset, I think because deep down, they're really not going to do much of anything. And that's okay. But they feel guilty because they know deep down, or maybe I'm just projecting, that I can't solve all the world's problems. And when, when I'm getting worked by the media, and that's just media, just circumstance. Terrible things happen all over the world all the time. And now there's cameras everywhere. So we're keenly aware. And I'm not trying to wash this out by saying it's always happened. There's nothing new since Rome or whatever. But we have to pick our battles. And I really think we need to move towards solution. Now, really easy for the white guy to say. You know what I'm saying? But I don't see a bunch of people, you know, volunteering to give their land back to the Native Americans. I don't see a lot of people, you know, really putting in the work that it takes to have a society that helps people with with mental illness. Pick your dis, you know, whatever disorder, how we, you know, look down or up at people and how that whole thing goes. you know, we feel like we want to do something, but I've come to accept there's only so much I can do. Coming back to my ride is that's what I can do. I can connect people. So hopefully we can get to some kind of solution. I keep going back to this example. And, you know, protesting can be extremely important and has been important through the history of this country. This this colonial part of the country was founded on on protests. But lately I've been frustrated because when I see, you know, 5,000 people go to a protest for three hours, that's a lot of hours that if we took those hours and put it towards a nonprofit or a, a, a grassroots action situation, hmm. imagine what, what, that's 15, a really good 000, idea. what, 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 what could 15,000 hours do for any town? Small town, big town, whatever. That's a lot of hours. And I always wanted to do this. And, and you know, I'm an artist, so I have all these grandiose ideas and my follow through is, 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 is tough. But, like, maybe by next March I'm going to make my protest, which is march into a nonprofit and sign up to volunteer some time. Pick your nonprofit. Pick your issue. Social justice. It doesn't matter. You know, what if we I want to get to the point where a protest is is. And I I don't mean to to belittle them an action quest. Yes, that we connect, we 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 bond up and then go do something like if that protest we you know, protests make more trash than it picks up. But what if we had an environmental protest where, you know, and and, and those happen, you know, I don't want to sound like a jerk. But, you know, I've seen 20 people down by the river cleaning it up, but then I'll see 10,000 people downtown marching for something that they're not going to do anything but post or protest about. 
I'm kind of like, and I resent people because I've dedicated a certain amount of my life to going into these nonprofits and either working or volunteering or actually trying to do something, you know, taking supplies to the reservation in winter when no one else is going there. And those kind of things um, are extremely important. That's what my chief taught me, active prayer. You know, you got to do something. You sit there and pray all day. Nothing's going to happen. You yeah, gotta, you've definitely done like a lot of tangible work. You got to, you know, and and I get it. We're human beings. I grew up, blah, blah, whatever else, partying and, and being selfish and acting a fool, you know. And then we grow up a little bit and, and, and see some strife, you know, like when Siddhartha became the Buddha. You know, Siddhartha had a, had a the life of luxury and then saw a little bit of human suffering and then decided to let go of that life of luxury and go out there and starve and go and go by the river. You know, and, and, and just be and then find enlightenment when, you know, after all this stuff, someone goes, oh, you want to be enlightened? I'll go listen to the river. Huh? It doesn't make any sense. And I think that was a ruse because what do you see when you look into a river? You see a reflection. How many stories of old when the when the when the person goes out on their own? OK, what does it all kind of come back to? Yeah, even in like the hero's journey cycle. Exactly. Know thyself is what that comes to. And then once you, through that process and when you finally let go of who you think you are, that's when you start changing the universe in the, hero, in the typical archetype hero's journey. You know, do I think it goes to that extent? Yes and no. But, you know, we got to try. It doesn't matter that you don't get to the top of the mountain. It, it matters that you learn. Whether you go up or you're coming down, it doesn't matter to be where you're at, you know, ah, there's a motorcycle riding by outside. But a lot of this is boiled down to and the universe is screaming at me to stay in my moment, to stay in the moment. And then people tell me how hard it is. It's not hard, but it's not easy either. You know, our brain wants to control the future and the past, but it can't. We can manipulate the future. And we can manipulate the past how we see it. And we mm -hmm. do. There's no way around that. But, you know, we start getting to manifest. What do all the people tell you how to manifest? Well, well, they tell you to meditate. Well, what is meditation? Look up meditation. I dare anybody to go look up meditation. And everybody says they're going to define it. And then they give you a bunch of, you know, contrarian gobbledygook. <laughs> You know what I mean? No one. I've yet to find it is funny. a definition <laughs> of meditation. Explanations. Huh. And then, you know, so then it's like, okay, well, what is meditation? I just break down the word as I know it is meta. You know, that could be meta or meta, like medicine, healing, indentation. That says action to me, a way of doing thing, a process, a healing way of doing something. And then people would say, well, it's emptying your mind. Well, how do you do that? Well, there's a lot of different techniques. Once again, everyone thinks this is very, very hard. It is not hard. But it ain't easy until you start. It's just like a habit. You know? And a new habit's like a new muscle or something new. It takes time to develop that habit. And changing habit is incredible. You know? But... You know, part of my journey is realizing through my 
last two years of not having steady employment, a steady place to live, or anything I could really, I don't say count on, because I can count on my my family and friends. But to get to a point where I fully accept all that and I stay in my moment no matter what's going on, I keep getting rewarded for that. So I'm going to explore that. And I want to share that of how it's not that hard. But, you know, it's like relaxation and love. You can't define those things. So when someone says relax, I think part of the frustration people have when someone tells you to relax is you're giving me a command, but you can't tell me how to do it. You're not telling me how to do it beyond the whole. If someone tells you to relax, even the idea of trying to relax relax is stressful, but you can't do it. You can't tell me how to relax. We can talk about techniques on how to get more relaxation that may or may not happen. And then like love, how do you explain how to love somebody? You can't, but we can talk about communication. We can talk about the power of listening, connection those levels you know and it's like whoa okay and and i want to convince the world that it's not so hard to meditate that it's not so hard to self-care but when we understand habit and behavior then we can start having a little more choice you know like when someone says Mm. i have allergies you just made a definitive statement that you there's no way out of you're owning it there's no way out of it Oh, I'm just like that. Uh, no, you have choice on how you want to be. And until you, you might have allergies for the rest of your life, but you'll never know if you always say I have allergies and taking a pill is the, is pretty much the same as saying I have allergies. I've taken a ton of pills. It wasn't for allergies. He, he, It wasn't until I stopped saying I have allergies that my allergies went away. I didn't need them. They were getting in the way of my breath. And I put my foot down. I'm like, I'm tired of this. They made me dehydrated. They jacked up my head. They made me cloudy. They made me tired. They, They punched my liver. And then I started going. And then I heard a story from my yoga teacher. And he said that he connected his allergies to a traumatic event growing up. A form of abandonment when his cat died and no one really not necessarily consoled him, but like talk to him about it and listen to him about it. Oh, the cat's gone. It's in heaven now. And when you're a kid, you don't know how to chip chop that up and ask different questions and process that stuff very well. So it, 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 it manifested in his allergies. And so I went home and looked for some traumatic event that, that gave me allergies, so to speak. And I couldn't find anything. Now, I could be in denial. High possibility. Okay. But then I went, wait a minute. I don't need to find that traumatic event. I just need to know that it can be unwound. Mm-hmm. And I stopped saying, I have allergies. I quit taking allergy pills. I said, no, this is not acceptable. You're getting in the way of the most important thing in my life, which is the breath. And a cottonwood tree isn't going to, should not affect my life like that it's it's not helping me avoid shellfish if i was allergic to shellfish that's different that smell should give you a reaction or whatever but i just and and this isn't going to work for everybody but i found the mental fortitude to go no no you know now i broke my hip i couldn't just sit there and go my hip's not broke my hip's not broke and walk around no 
Yeah. But it's like introducing some amount of flexibility and like at least playing around with it. Exactly. But yeah. when I did break my hip, I my whole mantra was I'm healing. I'm healing. I'm healing. I'm healing. I'm getting stronger. I'm going to learn a lot. What can I learn from this? Boom, and that was my absolute focus was what can I get from this moment? What can I get from this situation? And I accepted it immediately. When they told me I broke my hip in two places, I'm like, what? And I just went, okay. Which is a hard thing to do, but it's all that training that led up to it. And now that that's, you know, in the past, my life is such learning those things from being, not being able to move, work and do whatever, being completely dependent for a little while taught me so much. I don't, I don't do, I don't walk the same again. Just like going back to when I didn't have food or water for four days. I never drink water the same again after that. I appreciate every swallow there is because I know what it's like to go four days without it. And I never eat oh. the same again. I just really appreciate every, most every bite of food because I know what it's like to not have that. And I chose to do that. Some people don't choose to do that. But when you choose to, it makes it something. When it's chosen for you, it's hard to connect to that. I think you still can, though. Oh, absolutely. It, it's still paramount. It's just harder because you can blame something else or, 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 you know, it's a different thing. Choice is huge. But, you know, that's part of my whole point is teaching or learning that the less energy we use, the more energy we have. Take your pick on what energy is. And if we have more energy, then we have more choice. So if I get my posture right, I'm using less energy to hold myself in the seated position, standing position, or whatever. Therefore, I have more energy. And that just doesn't mean my back's going to hurt less. And that's a part of it. But um, I have more energy. So I don't need mm. coffee as much. I can roll with it. And then without putting ingestion things in my body, I can read it better. So if my back is tired, I can pinpoint why that might be and accept it and go, okay, I rode 10 hours today. Yeah, my back is probably going to be letting me know that it's not used to that and then adjust accordingly. Do I camp tonight? I should probably get a room and have a more comfortable bed. Can I do that? Money's energy. Okay, I don't have as much money. I don't have as much energy. I can't get a hotel room tonight. So, ugh, it, 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 yeah, that's so such it's like is life. Balancing all of those different yes. things. And that's, yes, yes. And, and, interesting. And, and getting to that point because I think a lot of people are getting into not just comfort and convenience like food and such, but quick, we were really moving into quick fix society and, and I think we still are. Not as not like it was before, but, um, you know, instead of running to these things that we connect and we find out why I saw a book the other day, it said, start with why, you know, and that's a cool thing to always do. Why do I feel this way? Sometimes our brain hardwiring makes it difficult to have a good thought some days. I get it. But, you know, that, that that's a why. OK, well, I need to maybe stay home today. Or maybe I need to close my mouth today, says the guy can't shut up. But, you know, those kinds of things. Maybe I need to hydrate a little extra more today. Connecting those things instead of falling into despair, which can happen. Not mad at anybody, not judging anybody. We got to do what we got to do. And sometimes that's nothing. 
But for me, the worst it gets, the more we have to push self-care. And, you know, part of self-care is self-knowledge. Know thyself. And I feel if like I'm, people don't talk about that enough in the self-care it's sad. realm. I've heard, I've heard people say that they're suppressing it in media. I don't know how much I, I do it because I was really huh. flabbergasted on how hardly anyone talked about the immune system during a pandemic. I was like, wow, wow, who's talking about that? And that's the most important thing during something like that is how to empower your immune system. But then it comes back to relaxation and some of these things that take work. And we had a, I had it, most of us had a prime opportunity to switch your habits. Who utilized that and who didn't? It's hard to say. I was forced to. I don't have a home. I don't have a job. So I'm always try- I always have to pivot to my situation. How am I going to eat? How am I going to survive? What's this? What's that? And, you know, it's tough. Some people wait. Other people go for it. You know, there's advantages and disadvantages to both. But for me, it was striving balance and getting to some place. You know, luckily I could do that. A lot of people can't, but at the same, to your point, whether you can or you can't, you have to. And what happened, what's happened to us is not necessarily our fault, but it's still our responsibility to take care of it. Yeah. That's a difficult pill to swallow. It's a, it's, I mean, there's so much resistance to it. Mm -hmm. If you don't realize the first step that it's not your fault. Right. Yeah. And, um, that's, that's a tough one. Because a lot of people, uh, it really hits them hard. And it can make you feel guilty. Oh, it's still my responsibility. I can't handle it anymore. And it's like, that's not necessarily what responsibility means. But, you know, to your point, I mean, man, who, who, you know, all these, quote, conversations. I mean, are we coming to terms first? You know, because if someone says something, if we don't define what that concept is, we're talking about two different things mm. and that leads to argument and misunderstanding. And then you, you come to find out that, you know, socialism means this to this person and it means that to that person. And we never came to terms. And in a lot of my conversations on the social level is, hold on, what are we talking about here? Why? Number one. And then what, what are we talking about? Okay. We're talking about socialism. Okay. Well, Socialism is a huge thing. That means something, just like most things, means a million different things to a million different people. And for some people, it's an oppressive government that's choosing to wealth redistribute and all that stuff. And it's like, okay. And then there's other people that say, well, it's justice. Yeah, it's all that. It depends who you talk to. And then you can dig into where people are getting their information, but it gets a little Mm -hmm. weird from there. But just simply coming to terms. Living in Owensville, I had to deal with some bigoty people that, you know, kind of spoiled. I haven't had to deal with cats like that too much, but I was out in their world. And all I could do is go, why, why do you care? They bring up black people. I'm like, why do you care? There ain't no black people out here. Why are you bringing that up? Spin, 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 spin. I know why they're bringing it up. They watched some show. Mm-hmm. They're getting pumped. And I'm like, Why? Well, I think you're going to be so prepared to communicate with any different type of person you might encounter. 
I like mean, when that's... I think about the people I know, I'm just like, you're perfect for going into any kind of situation and learning how to speak with somebody in their terms. Yeah. And, and, you know, I can afford this, but I learned pretty early on, um, you can shout someone down, you can shut them out. And some people you should, I came across a few of them out in Owensville where I'm like, you offer me nothing. You offer anybody nothing. You're just spinning in your own BS. But, you know, to engage someone and come to terms, you know, that's heavy stuff. Like, I, I'll never forget in high school, early on in high school, I dropped the N-bomb in a car with my one of my longest standing friends to this day. And he stopped the car. And I thought I was about to get beat up, at least chastised. And he just goes, what did you mean by that? And I went, oh, I'm sorry. That was a stupid thing to say. And he's like, I know, but what did you mean by that? Where did that come from? And I'm just like, uh, sorry, man. He goes, no, I know that. What did you mean when you said that? And then I'm like, uh, dude, I don't. He's like, dude, where did that come from? And I just went. And I went, my dad's a bigot. I grew up around bigots. I said it. And he just went, okay. You say that again, I'm going to beat the crap out of you. I said, fair enough. I deserve it. And I took away from that process, that situation. I came home, and I'll never forget coming home, going upstairs, sitting down, and just going, that's not me. My mom raised me better than that. I shot off my mouth, but that's not me. I, I'm, you know, I don't like that. I'm never going to say that again. I won't do that again because usually it's BS. But I really sat down and went, man, I, that ain't me. I ain't doing that no more. In fact, I'm going to fight for justice because that's, to me, the best thing I can do. And so I, I try to engage these people. And if, there's, if, there's, if people were, are within reach... I'll try to reach him. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to what end. I don't care. If I can save one black person or some, you know, non-white person, this garbage conversation we have so many times, and I've had them a million times too, and I, thanks everybody for your patience with me. But, you know, so like there's two people out in Owensville. One, it's not reachable, so I would just jab at him. I just try to make him feel stupid and turn his words back on him just because that satisfied me. And he was just kept sticking his whatever into it. And then there was another younger guy where he kept bringing certain stuff up. And I kept going, why do you keep talking about this? And he would spin and he had a difficult time. I go, you're trying to unwind this crap in your head. I got you. You had bad information. You are incorrect. You are so lost. And you're only hanging around people that are like minded. And you're missing out on so much. And we went around and around for hours. And then, then finally, I, got, I, I was hungry. I'm like, I'm not investing in this conversation anymore. And then I told him, I go, do you know why I, I'm still here? He had no idea. I go, it's because of your daughter. She deserves better than that crap you got going on in your head. And he was just kind of like, uh. And I just went, most people just want you to be healthy and happy. I wish you could give them the same respect. I go, I'm going to go eat dinner now. You have a good one. 
I haven't seen them since, but I'd like to. Uh, Did it do anything? I doubt it. But at the same time, he kept pushing. And the only thing I could come back to was he was trying to unwind it. Uh, You know what I heard, actually, the other day on somewhere, a podcast, I think. This whole concept of the best way to unwind somebody else's confusion over any kind of misinformation is to let them keep allowing them to speak it because they have to speak it and it has to be heard by somebody who can allow it to be heard who's on like the other side not necessarily the other side this was more talking about like literal misinformation like conspiracies and things like that yeah but but i mean look at this guy his 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 racism is some bullshit conspiracy yeah it's the same And, and he bought it yeah and and he never answered any of my questions Hmm. I answered all 50 of his when he said, well, what about this? And I could unpack it and help him understand it. And even at the end, he still struggled with whatever. And so then I started kind of digging in there going, you're trying to unwind this because you're you're if you think that I'm going to be sympathetic to that crap, you're wrong. And he knew it. He's not trying to convince me of anything. But, you know, he kept going. He's, he blew off his dinner. His his wife was calling him every five minutes going, where are you at? You know, and he blew her off to, to speak with me. And I'm like, why, why, why are we, why are we talking about black people, two white guys in the middle of the woods in the middle of Missouri where there's not hardly a black person for hundreds of miles around. And I explained that to him. Why don't you think there are black people out here? And it's not because people don't want to farm. I'm like, it's people like you that make it difficult yeah you know in one minute you're saying you love everybody and you're a good christian and the other thing you're trying to sell me all this media fueled garbage that you know is garbage and i kept going back to why do you care people are weird yeah people are weird which brings me to another point i'd rather want to have more of a discussion okay about aliens oh yeah. You know, because I, I Are you going to encounter any aliens on your journey? It's, quest, it's highly quest. possible. But in all reality, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think the human race is half aliens. I think we're, we're half breeds. I'm, I'm pretty into that one, that yeah. concept. Yeah. Now, you know, some people give me a hard time about that and they think I'm crazy. And I'm like, you believe in some guy who got spiked to a piece of wood a long time ago and some weird book somehow dictates your behavior and your beliefs. Don't call me weird. When I see, I used to do this. You might have been at one of the shows where I did this, where, where I, I kind of goof on Scientologists. And I say, take the alien, typical alien face, and then take any, you know, monkey or gorilla or something like that and you smash them together what do you get you get us hmm. so the scientologists might not have been that far off the mark didn't we talk about this last time i think a little we bit? talked about scientology we did yeah, that's right that's right same same stuff though but it's funny because you know we're not homogeneous with this planet you know you hear in the movie the matrix about how humans are like a virus yeah that we just we just not. we just eat and eat and eat and we don't care about next week. I think and we have been behaving like that, but I don't think it's necessarily natural. True. True. And when you start gathering really any overpopulated species, they start making 
least not so good decisions, mainly because they can't. But we know better. That's mm-hmm. the funny thing. And I keep going back to there's a, um, there's a show on in the 80s called The Greatest American Hero. And he's a hero, but the instruction manual fell out of his suit package. So he didn't know how to use his powers when he put his suit on. So he flew really terribly and hit stuff and all this stuff. I feel like that's very relevant to human beings. Yeah, it's like our intelligence is like that suit. And then we're just like, exactly. great, we have all this power, but we're just going to like fling it over there and then we're going to waste it over here. Yeah, going we're back to the immune system. We're not thing. good at conserving our resources. We will trip out on certain protocols, but we won't honor the immune system. You know, that's a great example. And, it, you know, to your point, we're so intelligent. We have the ability to innovate on a, you know, inc- universal level. And yet we don't. You know, it, it's it, we're 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 weird, man. It's so bizarro. But. That, you know, and the whole aliens thing, I don't even care. Yeah, <laughs> I figure I'll figure, you know, I'll, I'll come to terms with it all when we die. Mm. And I, I, even then, I don't think that that's going to happen. Like someone asked me about death a little while back. And I said, it's like a drop of blood in the ocean. Got all this DNA and all this stuff in this drop of blood, this incredible oxygen, any number of stuff in there. You know, space dust, any of it. Whatever, take your pick. What happens to that drop of blood when it goes into the ocean? <laughs> it's not lost. That drop of blood is still there. That, that's an interesting perspective. It spreads out. Where's the DNA? <laughs> There's an atom somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it's in there. It's in the ocean. But the magnitude of what that means. Right. That's that a, scared yeah, that's the crap out of me. That made, I mean, I had a, ex, a, a minor existential crisis from that because I like to believe that my spirit is going to continue. But what if it's a drop of blood in the ocean and it just spreads out? Still there? Yeah, I know. But what if that drop of blood in the ocean, like the butterfly effect, it still somehow could go on to this one protein or whatever yep. feeds a dying algae right. and then that right <laughs> and then boom and then that algae who knows where that goes the algae yeah grows and but millions of years know, later becomes a new species wrapping it around again is to completely let go of all that stuff mm-hmm. i like I, I i i mean at this point lucky for me i can look at life like it, it it's entertainment i'm ready to die which means i'm really ready to live yeah, I I'm mean, I'm afraid to die with you on that one. Actually, I think it's when you say that to people. I don't know if you've ever said this to someone, but I've said it to people, and they were like really freaked out. And I'm like, no, freak like out. you've had people really freak out. Yeah, I think people just don't think I'm being literal, but I actually am when I say it. Correct. Like, okay, what? That's weird. Yeah, and and yeah, it's but you know, all the old tribes have a saying like that. You know, today's a good day to die. And like circling it back down around to Chief Luciano, I mean, you know, he, to fully accept that concept. Someone on this podcast was saying that they would write down like the estimated amount of like days until their death, like mm-hmm. based on like whatever average death And is. some people have accurately on, on their called pa- their Like on death. their journal, every yeah. single. Yeah. 
And there's, you Hopefully, know. Hopefully, I guess they were estimating at a high amount. It, it, I believe that you can access the time-space continuum through meditation, through your diaphragm. Because the diaphragm is both involuntary and voluntary. It's the most mm. powerful involuntary and voluntary muscle in your body. It also controls the most important thing that you do, which is breathing. So if the diaphragm is both voluntary and involuntary, then you can make an argument that the diaphragm is both conscious and subconscious. That's how I find the future. Do I look for specific dates? No, because the future is always changing. And I don't care. It's, I'm, I got to be in my moment. But I believe there are spiritual beings that can get to the place where they can start calling it. And there are some people that say, I heard one thing. It was, a, it was, a, it was from China. A theory from China that, um, and I want to say that's in Hinduism as well, but who knows? I'm sure it's deep in a lot of that stuff. Is your heart only has so many beats in it. Now, that could be a philosophical thing, but some people say, no, it's actually, there's, 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 your, your heart's only going to beat so many things. But you can extend your life that each deep breath, it counts for one heartbeat. So if I take a deep breath, that I took 10 breaths and made it one. Now, maybe that's just a trick to try to get someone to breathe deeper because they're going to have a better life if they do that. Unless they list the very small, rare people that have certain conditions that go against deep breathing. They have to just do whatever. And to a certain extent, your subconscious is running it. Some would say you shouldn't step in and try to work with that because your subconscious is already on top of it. But I'll say most people have a compressed rib cage. Most people have, you know, bending forward posture. So you're not, you're, your body's not in a physical state to give itself the breath that it needs. And it actually starts manipulating what it can, which would be an increased breath, which could be, you know, a blood pressure issue and, and lead to those things. So mm. baseline's a thing. But, um, you know, hard to say. We're all different and every moment's different. You know, I hate to drop some gobbledygook into that kind of stuff. But I find those theories very interesting. I was watching a documentary on uh, Jaco Pastorius the other night, the bass player, and he called his death. He said he was going to oh, die the same age he did. And I've heard those things before. And it wasn't just, you know, some, some you know, big fish story that some people were so prophetic enough to to be able to call their death per somewhat accurately. But, you know, to me, there's a certain spirituality that some people seem to naturally have. And some people kind of have to earn it a little bit more. I believe that it's in the diaphragm and the throat is the second most powerful involuntary involuntary um, hmm. muscle in your body as well. And then you could bring the vocal cords into it. And then we could start talking about sound healing and tones and vibrations and what that does to your body. Um, the records being mastered right now by the master, 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 er, Brad Sorno, where we took the chakra tones, um, the tones for the chakras. And we made these four minute and 44 second, um, and I can't call them songs, but um, tones 
um, and not just a straight tone. A lot of the tone um, sound community, they'll just run one, one of those frequencies consistently. I call that advanced practice, where we made it so it took a little ride. So things would come up, things would come down, other tones would come in, but within that same frequency. And part of what I was doing was trying to trick people into meditating. Because if you ask someone to meditate and they're not used to it, terribly uncomfortable, they feel like they're failing at it, it becomes, quote, difficult for them. But if you can take them on a little ride, like yoga does that. It's like, you ever been to a yoga class? Well, yeah. I'm like, that's, you were meditating. You were focused on your body. You, you, you weren't thinking about what you were going to have for dinner. Maybe you were at the end, but that's, you're, you're moving your body. And to use the body with the mind, I think, is very powerful in that way. But, you know, to work those medicines um, to get to that point to where, you know, like, you know, I'm going to put together a kit where if you buy this particular kit of my record, you'll get a copy of the record. However, that goes, <laughs> whenever that goes, you'll get a little light. You'll get a light source that changes the color and you'll get seeds as representative for food. Oh. And so you will play like the root chakra is the color red. So you'll play the root chakra song. You'll turn on the red light. You'll eat red food. You'll use essential oils or a candle to smell red things, roots or something that coincides with that chakra. And you will be immersed in those five senses that in, in, in our way, that we're trying to facilitate then creates a sixth sense. Is there a certain order, like a particular order that you put people through? Yes. Um, we just follow the root chakra, you know, the seven majors. That makes now, sense. The seventh one is silence. Cause that's, you don't want to manipulate what you're getting from the divine. You want to receive. Hmm. And you have to be careful of the third eye. You've got to be careful on what you're looking at. Because coming back to motorcycling, I don't care. If you're out on the road, whatever you look at, you're going to go towards. So you don't look at what you don't want to hit. If there's a car, you don't look at the car. You look at the space. It's target fixation. And it's a philosophical thing in life that if you're constantly focused on something, take your pick. That's all you're going to see. And that's all that's going to come to you is more of that. But if you focus on self-care and healing, those things will come at you. That's the space to get away. Because I've had cars stop. I had really early on in my motorcycle career, I had a car stop in front of me. So I didn't look at that car. I looked at the lane over. So I went into the lane. There's another car stopped in that lane. So I looked past the car I just passed, went into the left lane again. There's a car with their brake lights on stopping in front of me yet again. So I looked at the space to my right. My bike immediately went there. There's another car that stopped. And as I went past the one, thank whatever that this happened in a spaced out thing. But I also had two more plans to go off either side of those roads. And what had happened was, is when I came left again to go past the one that was in the right-hand lane, they had just hit a deer. So they stopped when that happened, and then everybody behind them stopped by how the deer ran across the road and all that kind of stuff. And so 
my training kicked in once again and it was like car in front of me most people in a car are just going to slam on their brakes and keep looking at the car in front of them you can't do that on a motorcycle you always have to have a way out and the creepy thing about a motorcycle is is that if you hit the brakes you're going straight no matter what you can't move the bike you have to hit the throttle so when someone hits their brakes in front of me i have to stay on the throttle I can't hit the brakes because if I hit the brakes, I'm going to go flying into that car. So I have to actually either stay on the throttle or hit the throttle because if I hit the throttle, I can move that bike faster. But I'm also going towards that object quicker. I didn't realize that. That makes me more scared of motorcycles. Yeah, they're terrible. They're really messed up. But for me, as a chaos junkie, I know. As an (laughs) adrenaline junkie, I had to take all that person in me that wanted to drink alcohol, that wanted to get high, that wants to drink too much coffee, that wants to do all these things. I feel like I have to be on something all the time. I don't know if that's an ADHD thing or a child of alcoholic thing or whatever. You're on life pretty well. Yeah, but I had to I ha- I did all those things and realized it wasn't until like I was fighting with everybody on Facebook that I realized, why am I doing this? Because I know I'm not convincing anybody. Hmm. I know I'm not changing anybody's mind. I'm arguing. In my mind, I'm right. And someone is opposing me, so I want to be more right. But what I realized was, is I was getting adrenaline just from fighting with people on Facebook. And that's when I connected to my adrenaline addiction. Now, someone outside of myself go, yeah, dude, you ride motorcycles, you know. You, you try to you 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 do improv music, which is a, a level of adrenaline, because if you don't know if you don't have songs to come back to, that can be very scary for most all musicians. I get plenty of adrenaline just walking up to a microphone on right. a stage. Exactly. Tons. I'm, right. Just, so do I. I just, <laughs> if I didn't have to barely say anything. Well, it's so. like an addiction. The first time I was nervous and crazy out of my head. But then each time it got easier and I wanted more and I wanted more. And to the point where my last performance, I performed over almost eight hours straight because I just wanted to play for that long because I wanted to see what happened. And some of the greatest music I've ever heard in my life happened at the end of it, near the end of it. And I pushed Mm -hmm. myself. And then once I pushed myself to that degree, once I went, I went eight hours to to honor the eight hour workday. I didn't have anything else to prove and so now i'm gonna take it to another level and 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 go into ironically as i feel like i have less addictions in my life i'm about to go on the most adrenaline fueled thing i could possibly come up with i don't know where i'm gonna go from there but i don't care Uh, i'm I'm trying i'm so tired of trying to control everything but at the same time i have to be on something so if we survive and we strive to become wise well you have to find better safer things to do it now i didn't find a safe one but uh if i can be calm in the midst of just absolute chaos for some reason i feel like i conquered life in some way and man i'm curious to see what's gonna happen i know it's gonna be uncomfortable i'm gonna get rained on I'm going to, you know, many things can happen. I'm going to be hungry. Things are going to break. I'm not going to know how to fix them. I might be out in the middle of somewhere and on my own for a little while. Uh, okay. You know, we'll see. 
If it goes terribly, okay, I'll come home and start again. But I don't think so. I'm curious to see what the aliens have for me. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like everything has lined itself up in your favor. Yeah. Well, okay, everyone listening, send him some good energy. Good energy, thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars. (laughs) Um, Nah, love and attention. I love attention, obviously. Yeah. You know, but, you know, once again, know thyself and then make it work. And it's okay to be selfish. It's totally cool. But I've had it too good. I want, I have something to say. I have something to share. And I was born for a reason. And I'm, I'm on a quest for it. Thank you so much for coming here to share all of this. Man, I love everybody. I just want everybody to love me. So we're all in this together. So let's connect up and and do something. I know. I seriously, I really think you do have the power to connect with a a wide variety of humans, which is a learned thing that not everyone has. Well, you can dig this. You know, what are your strengths, and what do you want? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If we get focused on. I need to stop this. I need to do this. It doesn't go anywhere. But what I keep telling people is, and myself, what are you good at? And what do you want? Now, ask yourself why, and those things are all part of that. But ultimately, we don't have to mess with that. All we have to do is find your strengths. I don't care what it is. I've only met one person that had a... I've only had one... Most people, even very successful people, when I ask them that, they have, they can't do it. I've only had one person who I, who we couldn't figure out what she was good at. That was weird and tough Hmm. because everything I could come up with, she had a tough time of it. Now she's a contrarian. She's a Hayoka. So her life is backwards. Not backwards as in stupid or wrong or, or anything like that. There's a certain chunk of, our, of human population that are contrarians. The Lakota call them Hayoka. Um, honkies call it a clown. Tears of a clown. That's a song about a contrarian. And if you've ever spent much time with actual clowns who do that somewhat for vocation, they're all messed up. Oh, clowns actually scare me. Yeah, no, they're, 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 they're incredible people, but like, they're almost the opposite of what they, their face is painted. And, you know, I, I really enjoyed that about my Native American experience was, you know, coming to terms with, with understanding that there's Hayokas out there. Mm. Um, a lot of artists are, um, you know, there's some people that just, Man, they're they're nice to the wrong people and not nice to the wrong people or not friendly to the wrong people. I mean, just consistently. I've made many of friends. I have a an incredible bend towards that issue because both my parents are contrarians. So of course I would have a lifelong quest to unwind the contrarian stuff. All my best friends are contrarians almost and I have a thing with them. But once again, you know, you focus on anything, that's all you're gonna see. But um, you know, what are you good at? You know, and then what do you want? 
Mm-hmm. Now, in between that, I put, what are you good at? Give yourself that. Then give what you want that and hold that. Don't worry about anything else. I talked to a friend who's struggling with losing weight and, and, and not smoking cigarettes. And I go, quit trying to eat better and quit trying to quit smoking. Hmm. I go, if you say you're going to quit smoking, I'm not going to believe you. When you're done, you're done. I go, smoke until you're done. But I go, don't even worry about it. I go, count them. Just take accountability. And if you legitimately want to not do that anymore, if you hold that focus of what you're good at and you go, I'm good at, I'm a connector. I'm good at connecting. And if I'm smoking, what's the antithesis of that? I want health and I want to breathe. Connect with the breath. Stay connected with the breath and you won't smoke for very long. Now, food journals and counting cigarettes, that's a good exercise. And you don't want to just ignore it. But in all reality, you got to be careful. That's part of accountability. And after a while, you might not need that if you are strong in your conviction of what you want. Do you really want to stop that behavior? Okay, well, who's studying how to change your behavior? Wouldn't that be the first thing you did? Instead of, you know, like with me, I'm, an, I'm, I'm, I'm kicking refined sugar and coffee. That's like my, my, my stuff. But I'm not focused on that. Mm-hmm. I like tea. I want to be hydrated. I want to be healthy. And, Just like and, shifting your focus yeah. to what you do like. But you know what? I enjoyed my coffee with sugar this morning. I enjoyed it. I'm not ready to let it go. Yeah. I've heard that. I, I, I don't remember... For what? A lot of different types of addictions. I guess that someone was talking about this even with hard drugs. Yes. But that so much of the problem that in that people end up dealing with is like the isolation and like the abandonment of themselves, like yes. not being able to trust yourself. So it's kind of yes. Like if you can embrace the idea, like okay, I'm just gonna do this, and then like you if you give live a it caged, up. <laughs> if you give yes. a caged mouse or rat heroin in one water bottle and regular water in the other. They'll munchy crunch the heroin all day, all night until they die. But if you offer water in that same heroin water or take your pick into a thriving group of mice or rats that are, have all kinds of different activities to do and interactions with each other and doing all that, they don't drink the heroin water. They drink the regular water. I do not know that. Yeah. That, now, that there's makes nuance a lot of to sense. That. Yeah. But that's a that's a classic experiment. I forget what it's called. Some some cat came up with that and noticed that when 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 animals in a community are healthy, they're less prone for addiction. And the community, if they're isolated, yeah, if they're isolated and they're not having fun, yeah, they're going to use heroin until they can't move anymore and die. It's all they got, you know. So, you know. It, it, once again, going back to in a pandemic, do people look up the immune system? No. If people really want to change, they'll look up how to change. That's the beauty of living today. You can look up anything right now. Now, not too long ago, information on the Internet was very suspect, and it always should be. But now there's so much information. You can delineate from what might work and what might not make up your own mind. But, you know, what are you good at? What do you want? There's nuance to that, but I mean, you don't even have to mm. mess with that if you don't want to. Some people don't want to. They just want results. Okay, we'll study how to get results. But in all reality, 
We don't want to change. We just want to think that we're changing. We want to feel. I come back to feels versus reels. We want to feel like we're doing something for society when we're, we're creating more waste than the benefit we're providing anything or anybody. That's terrible. Uh, but it's the human condition. Hopefully that's not true. I mean, but I mean, I, if, if, if we were reaching for good goals, then that wouldn't be true. Yeah, overall. We, we, I, we can circumvent that. But, you know, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Right. Do, am, I, do I, am I so arrogant to think that I'm leaving something better for the world? Maybe. But, you know, that's my way of bringing that kind of value mm-hmm. to my life and, and, and setting some kind of example. Because I really am worried about elders and kids yeah. and vulnerable people. We have just crapped on those people in society. And that's a human thing. That's not an American thing. But man, can we not, can we get it together in 2020, whatever? Can we please like just go for justice and accountability and the things that we know works research into what, well, what do we want? We want, I guess, healthy community. Right. Right. Cause we can't do that by ourselves, but working with the community takes commitment discipline work and a lot of human beings struggle at those things now if we want coffee we'll we'll drive wherever and do whatever to get that cup of coffee i mean look i mean people are paying 10 bucks a cup of coffee now you know that shows their dedication and commitment to to that feeling but me i mean i'm i'm real close to i'm just gonna get a good night's sleep and do a little yoga in the morning because i know i feel better when i drink honey honey lemon water in the morning sage tea mm, 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 mm. that's so much better than sugar coffee liquid cake in the morning I, I, you know but do i give myself sage lemon honey water every morning i'm close but not today but work in progress yeah i mean i think that's a really important thing to note too yeah how ironic that uh <laughs> sirens are going off outside right now you know. little, little interruption. Yeah. But, I mean, apropos. I mean, because we're talking about, you know, <laughs> the, warning, warning. The moment, get out of the yeah. way. <laughs> Somebody needs help and we're going to Do get the them. thing. Do yeah, the thing. get out of the way. <laughs> Let's prioritize here. You know, and hopefully everybody's all right. But in all reality, not everyone's going to be all right all mm-hmm. the time. And that stinks. But we can't let that cripple us. We can't let that hold us back. We have to strive. Like I heard that the president was talking about, you know, setting something aside for natural disasters. And I almost flipped to the conservative station just to hear what they were saying about it. And I was like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. I mean, are we paying attention? We have to be prepared. And I've learned that trying to come circle around in my journey, in my quest again, is that's what I'm, I'm preparing to be terribly unprepared. You know, but I have extra mm. canisters of fuel. I have, you know, supplies that I would need. I have shelter if I need it. I'm going to be rolling with enough food for a couple of days, enough water for a couple of days. You know, I can't just go, oh, I'll grab a water at the next gas station. Well, I won't have a budget for very long living like that. I got to go fill up my hydro pack in the sink. Is it cold? No. Mm-hmm. Is it as filtered as what's in the plastic bottle? Maybe. Probably not, depending on where I'm at. Okay, I'm going to have to deal with it, you know. And, and, and yeah, cold water is nice on a hot day. Uh, I'll blow my budget just giving myself that and producing a ton of plastic where, you know, my hydro pack 
it's plastic, but that's one thing. Yeah. But if I got a bottle of water at each stop, every time I stop for gas, that's a lot of money and that's a lot of plastic. I'm tired of using so much plastic. It's really hard to, you know, avoid. But once again, are we are we doing our best here? Well, this is a perfect timing for you. Uh, you're invited to give the listeners a weekly challenge. Okay. So if you want to do a little shout out for what you might recommend. Um, weekly challenge. Yeah. Um, well, these come out weekly. Okay. So by next week, they'll have another one. Cool. Um, weekly challenge is to fill your rib cage completely. Park it in the up and open position and for the whole it. week and and oh okay um no I was no kidding. i don't know <laughs> no to do oh okay you do something for the whole week okay well you be, could do it once a day or something carry <laughs> without using single-use plastic keep water on you because if you don't okay. have water on you i'm gonna bet you're dehydrated if you have water on you you're probably hydrated and understand if you're, quote, chronically dehydrated, if you're always dehydrated, you don't know the difference. So for this week, drink a bunch of extra water so you can find your baseline. Because if you don't have water, you're going to see the hospital more. You're going to be more in pain. You're going to have a list of stuff. Now, I don't want to get caught up in that. Let's get caught up on not going to the hospital, being hydrated, feeling great, having more choice in your life. Because like your car, you're not going anywhere without liquids in that thing. Same with us. We'll do it, and we're a tough species. Mm -hmm. But once I, I went 45 years dehydrated, and it wasn't until I spent a week or a chunk of time being like extra hydrated. Now, with that, you know, Certain people need to make sure you have enough electrolytes because if you start, people start pounding a gallon of water a day and they're not used to it, you're going to flush your system out. You're going to flush a lot of the nutrients out and you can have some serious problems like elders or somebody coming out of the hospital and those kind of scenarios that could be dangerous. But for a week, you're not really going to hurt yourself and then you'll start to be able to feel like I can feel when I'm dehydrated now, whereas before I never thought about that at all. Now yeah, can, that's now such I an can, important point. I can start to get cranky, and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm dehydrated. I might not be able to give myself rest right now, but if I hydrate, I can keep my mouth shut and not make anybody mad or get too cranky. And know thyself. You know, you start yelling people in your car, you need to step back. You need to step back and check yourself. You're, you're, you're going off the rails because you're trying to control things you can't control, and you're putting yourself at risk. You know, it's frustrating. I ride a motorcycle. Trust me, people try to kill me every day. But I finally reached to the point where don't give them the finger because if you give them the finger, you took your finger off your controls, putting yourself at risk. And, yeah, sometimes you're so frustrated you want to get it out. It's like a fart. You know, you don't hold in your farts. But don't get angry. Just breathe, grab a glass of water, and just thank whatever that you didn't get hit. And pray for me out there because there's a lot of people out there tripping. And I need all the love I can to keep those people away from me. Yeah. We will all be sending our greatest wishes yeah. on your, I keep wanting to call it a journey. It's a quest. Me too. I keep calling quest. it a journey. And, and understand that. I remember one time I asked uh, Uncle Luciano, I said, Uncle, is it okay to pray for yourself? 
And he goes, sure, nephew. He goes, but just remember, when you pray for other people, you get that blessing in return. Mm. And then I let that sink in. And I went, oh, I can keep that prayer for myself. And it doesn't go anywhere. It's not as powerful either. But if I pray for anyone else or you, then there's a circle that's created. And it's endless. And you just created a vibe that goes beyond yourself. Like recently, someone asked me because they, they, could, they could tell I was sounding hungry or was really worried about my budget. And two people in two days goes, well, how are you being of service? And I went, what? And they said, how are you being of service? And then I went, oh, I was caught up in me. That's when I started doing the morning minutes. It's because that's my way of being of service, that I'm creating a, not only a good vibe for myself, because most every morning I've got to come up with something smart to say and do, the, I do those things I talk about. But it goes out to the world and someone goes, oh, right, the breath. Oh, right, hydration today. That could be the difference between a good day and a bad day. And being able to pivot off one thing happens, you don't want to let that ruin your whole day. Sometimes it does. We're human. But yeah, being being able to pivot. Yeah, a ten second thing ruins your hours of your day or your your entire life. Well, it sounds like that's what you've been preparing to do. Right. Preparing to do the ultimate type of pivots. Yeah, and be of service, but also not be too much of service because I've I've worked I've burned out on so many jobs helping people because like mm-hmm. it's unsustainable ironically the people doing all the hard work don't make much money and the people administrating doing the insurance part make you know six figures whatever such as human life but you know wh- where's the balance in it all like you can want whatever you want but you know you got to give something in return all right i think we should leave it at that put that in your archive and smoke it <laughs> Oh, well, thank you again, Tim. And I'll talk to you guys next week for more Archives for Aliens. All right, love you, you freaky aliens. Oh.